following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, February 27, 2022, on the basis of Luke 9, verses 28 through 36. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's something special about the mountains. Whether it's the Himalayas, the tallest peaks in the world, or even if it's just the bluffs and the hills that we here in the Midwest call mountains, there's something special about them. There's something special about getting away from other people, getting away from the hustle and bustle of daily life. Something special about the solitude. There's something special about the journey, the accomplishment of reaching the top, reaching your destination. There's something special about the view, the view from on top, the perspective from where you can see the rest of the world. We might even say there's something spiritual about the mountains. And it's not just hikers and explorers today who have realized that. For thousands of years, cultures, traditions, religions, they've laid claim to different mountains, different holy peaks. They've set them aside to build their holy shrines there, their holy sites. In times of trouble, in times of despair, in search of answers, people of both past and present have gone up these holy mountains in search of answers, in search of peace, in search of fulfillment. They go looking for spiritual visions, for the touch of the divine. They go looking there for God. And in a way, we're all looking for the spiritual, for the divine, for God. And wouldn't it be nice if we could find him in one place where we could see his glory, where we could take in his power and majesty, where we could find our answers when life gives us questions. Today, God tells us exactly where we can find him. But he's in a place that we might not expect. He's not on the mountains. He's not found at a special holy site that we have to make a pilgrimage to. Instead, he hides himself in a familiar and in a common place. He hides himself in plain sight. He does this so that we can see him clearly. But he also does this so that we can always know where to find him. About a week before the events in our lesson for today, Jesus was speaking with his disciples and he asked them an important question. He asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? See, the crowds had all sorts of different theories and ideas about who Jesus was. Some of them thought he was a prophet. Others thought he was Elijah come down from heaven. Some even thought that he was John the Baptist back from the dead. But Jesus turned this question to his disciples and he said, Who do you say that I am? And Peter boldly stepped forward and he said, You're the Messiah, you're the Christ, you're the anointed one. It was a high point for the faith of Peter and the disciples. But then Jesus did something strange. He told them not to tell anyone about this. And he went on to talk about how he would be captured, how he would be killed, and eventually how he would rise from the dead. The disciples were perplexed. About a week later, we follow Jesus as he takes three of his disciples, Peter, John, and James, up a mountain to pray. And as Jesus was praying, the disciples began to doze off. They began to fall asleep. 
When the disciples awoke, they awoke to an incredible sight. As Jesus was praying, his face was changed. He became glorious. His face became bright as light. His clothing became white and gleaming. It flashed and it shined, and it was as intense as lightning. And the scene became even more glorious. Two glorified figures, Moses and Elijah, appeared next to him. Moses, the great leader who led Israel out of Egypt, and Elijah, the mighty prophet. And they spoke with Jesus about how he would fulfill the scriptures and about what was waiting for him in Jerusalem. The disciples took in this amazing sight with awe and wonder, but the scene began to fade. The glory began to go away, and Moses and Elijah were turning to leave. And Peter, in desperation, trying to hang on to the moment, blurted out, Master, it's good to be here. Why don't I make a tent for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses? That way we can stay here on this mountain. That way we can stay here in this moment. The Gospel writer Luke makes it clear that Peter's words were foolish. He didn't know what he was saying. But his words made sense. See, Peter and the disciples, they'd given up everything to follow Jesus. They'd left behind family and friends, livelihoods, and comfortable, normal lives. They'd given up everything to follow Jesus because they knew that he was the Messiah, the Savior. And they thought that this was finally the moment when Jesus would establish his kingdom. Here he was in glory and power and majesty. It seemed like this was the high point. It seemed like this was the moment they wanted to capture and never wanted to end. And we can sympathize with Peter and the disciples. Because like Peter, we want to hang on to those spiritual high points. There are times in life when it feels like everything is going right, when it feels like we're on top of the spiritual world. It feels like everything is clicking. It feels like God is on our side. It feels like we're happy to be Christians. We're excited. We live lives full of joy and peace. It feels like everything is the way that it should be. There are times when it feels like we're making progress. It feels like we're on the right track. It feels like we're overcoming our personal struggles, our inner demons, our old habits. It feels like we're on the way up. And like Peter, when we reach those moments, we try to hang on. How good would it be if we could always be like this? If we could always feel on top of the world? If we could always feel close to God? If we could always be improving and progressing and doing better? And like Peter, we say, isn't it good to be here? But inevitably in life, things go up and they come down. We go through spiritual mountains as well as spiritual valleys. And life comes at us quickly. Tragedy, heartbreak, trouble, and suddenly it doesn't feel like God's very close, but very, very far away. Suddenly life becomes much more busy. Priorities shift. Schedules change. And we begin to realize that we're spiritually losing focus. And we begin to feel guilty. Suddenly all that progress that we've made goes away. We fall back into old habits. We give in to our inner struggle. And suddenly it feels like we've reached a brand new low. And like Peter and the disciples, we quickly realize that you can't hang on to these spiritual highs. No matter how hard you try to hang on, they just slip away. And that's what, exactly what happened at the transfiguration. The moment the words left Peter's mouth, the scene changed. A massive cloud covered the top of the mountain. The disciples were terrified. They couldn't see anything. And from the cloud came the voice of God the Father. 
this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And just like that, the cloud disappeared and everything was just as it had been before. Jesus was alone with his disciples. He wasn't glorified and transfigured any longer. He looked just like them, common and plain, just as he had before. And then Jesus led his bewildered disciples back down the mountain. And a few verses later, the Gospel writer Luke tells us that Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem, towards the death that awaited him there. And that's it. That's the transfiguration. Jesus shows his glory, and then he takes it away. It feels almost a little bit too short, too brief. It feels almost incomplete. It leaves us unsatisfied. It leaves us unsatisfied because that's the Jesus that we want. The Jesus on the mountain, the Jesus who does signs and miracles and wonders, the Jesus who is shining and glorious and radiant, that's the Jesus that we want in our lives. That's the Jesus that we want here today. The Jesus who will pack our church full of people, the Jesus who will transform and change our lives for the better, the Jesus that will bring his glory into this world, that will take us to the mountaintops of life and keep us there. And as we dream and as we wonder about what Jesus could do in our lives with his glory, a voice cuts through it all, bringing us back to earth, back to Jesus. And it says, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. So listen and watch what Jesus does next. Jesus doesn't stay in glory, but instead he hides it. He doesn't stay on the mountain like Peter had suggested. Instead, he marches down it. He comes down from the mountain of glory because he must, because there is work to do. He must fulfill the scriptures. He must go to Jerusalem. He must be rejected by his people. He must be humiliated and captured by his enemies. And he must be spat on and cursed at and finally killed. He must endure all these things, the whip, the crown of thorns, the nails, to save you. And even though death is the last place that we would look for God's glory, there at the cross of Jesus we find it. We see Jesus, the same Jesus, shining and radiant and glorious, hiding his glory, hiding his glory to give you and I everlasting glory. And that's the beautiful message of the transfiguration. Jesus shows his glory, he shows us who, it is, who he is, and then he hides his glory to go and save us. He shows us his glory, he gives us a taste of the glory that waits for us in heaven, and then he hides it and as he marches to the cross to go win that glory for us. And if you're looking for that glory, if you're looking for God's glory, he tells you exactly where you can find it. When he says these words, this is my son, listen to him. If you're looking for Jesus, I mean, if you're looking for God, find Jesus. If you're looking for God's glory, listen to him. And you know where you can find Jesus. You don't have to travel to the mountaintops. You don't have to make pilgrimages to religious sites. We find him here every Sunday in the word and in the sacrament. We find him in our personal studies, in our devotions. We find him wherever we hear and read the gospel, the message of what God has done for us. Where we find the gospel, there we find Jesus, and there we find God's glory. And that's his comfort 
that he gives to you that you can always find Jesus. You can always find his glory. When life is good, when life is bad, when you're full of joy or full of sorrow, when you're going through life's mountains or through life's valleys, when God feels near or when he feels very far away, you can always find him in the gospel. And if the transfiguration maybe feels a little bit incomplete, it's because it is. The day is coming when God promises that we will see him more clearly, when he won't be so hidden from us. The day is coming when the veil will be lifted from our eyes, when we will see him clearly in his full glory, when we will see him face to face. But for now, he tells you where you can find him. His glory is in his gospel. Amen.